We have a guest speaker today, Matt Cartwright. All righty. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Wayne asked me to uh, do the sermon for him a couple weeks ago. Uh, and uh, I, I can tell you right now uh, that from the start, uh, it, it's been a battle. I, I honestly, uh, this the whole sermon that I'm going to be uh, preaching today is basically about uh, the battle that the Lord has for us and the battle that he, that is out there that Satan doesn't want us to even know exists because he would rather us be subdued by him and, uh, not listen, uh, to the Lord and feel empowered by him. Uh, needless to say, I've, I've literally struggled through, uh, this last week. I am convinced that Satan was trying to get me not to stand up here today. As you can hear, my voice is even going, because uh, the dirt bag was trying to take my voice, but, he didn't get to do that either, so I can still talk just fine. I might sound a little funny. Uh, so I'm going to start with, uh, I have a ton of scriptures. You guys can try to keep pace, follow along. Um, if if I lose some of you guys, uh, which I doubt that's possible, but if I do, I can always give a scripture list if anyone wants it. Not that I'm thinking anyone will, but I will if you guys want it. <clears throat> if I can decipher all this into a list for you guys, then I will. <laughs> so if I get lost, you'll know why. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to start with Ephesians uh, 10.20. Uh, this scripture was something that was read to me uh, at my baptism. I got baptized uh, recently. I'll go into that a little bit more later. Uh, but it, this was read to me, and I think this is kind of like the the call from the Lord to me since I uh, have been going through what I've been going through in the last couple of weeks. And it's uh, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 10. And this is the armor of God scriptures. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded, or girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation, preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in spirit, and watching thereunto with all pres- perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to take, uh, to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I speak boldly as I ought to speak. And, that's like I said. I think I feel like God's really uh, talking to everyone uh, in this in this regard. Uh, it, you got to be on fire about God and just accept that He's He's done everything for you and He's your sole uh, sufficiency when it comes to getting you through this world and getting through all your times and trials. Um, but I thought uh, when I read the Amplified, I actually liked the way it said in verse twenty. It says, for which I am an ambassador in, in coupling chain, uh, that I may declare it boldly and courageously, 
as I ought to, and courageously sticks out to me because uh, in the Christian walk, when I first ra- was raised in, somewhat raised in the Christian walk a long time ago, you get this idea that you're supposed to be, uh, you know, very nice, very quiet, and yes, oh, you, you know, you want to do this thing that's bad to me, oh, that's okay, oh, you know, turn the other cheek, everything's fine, you know, I don't want to make any waves, uh, I don't want to make anyone upset, uh, and as if, like, there's no war out there, as if you're just supposed to let everything pass you by, and you're supposed to be okay with everything, um, but we wouldn't need to be courageous if there wasn't a war going on, we, you don't, you're not courageous because you sit there and let everything do what it's going to do. You're courageous because you stand in front of something that is going against you and you're willing to stand against it and make it back down. That's what being courageous is. So that's uh, the, the start of this whole sermon. That's pretty much what this is all about for me. It's, it's all about standing in front of the adversary, standing in front of of what Satan or the devil or the evil one, whatever you want to call it, the demons, whatever they're putting before you, recognizing them and making them back down. That's what the Lord wants us to do, and he gives us the weapons, the armor, and everything to do it with. Uh, so then we go... From what I've learned um, from a book that actually Noel gave me, which was given to us from family members, uh, it's called Wild at Heart uh, by John Eldridge. Uh, there's this part that I was reading. Uh, it's in regards to uh, how Satan attacks us. He attacks us in... He uh, breaks it down in three different ways. He attacks us with the I am not here uh, ploy, which is basically where he tries to, you know, subtly convince you that your thoughts and your sins are your fault, and he's not there. It's all you that's making all the mistakes, and it's all your thoughts, and it's all your ideas that makes you think of all these evil things. And he tries to do that where you don't even know you're in a fight, or he he tries to convince you that, oh, there's no real fight going on, there's no real angels versus demons and there's, there's, that's not really happening. It's all about just you and your decisions and all your choices that you make. Uh, that's the first one. The second one would be uh, intimidation. Uh, if you call out Satan and then he tries to go to the intimidation factor, we start starting to try to mess with your life. Uh, he tries to put stumbling blocks. He goes to every single uh, person's ear around you and tries, to, if they'll listen to him, he tries to get people to go against you or um, whatever he can get his hands on, whatever, and he has you know, prince of this world, prince of this, you know, of the flesh. I mean, he has the ability to uh, try to deceive us, and that's all it is, is deception. If you let him deceive you, he will. Uh, but he uses those things to intimidate you and try to convince you that you can't do what the Lord would want you to do or be who you think you are. Uh, and then the last one would be cutting a deal. And I think we all can uh, wrestle with ourselves cutting deals with, with Satan, which we all think we're cutting deals with ourselves, um, but it's it's not ourselves usually that we're cutting deals with. It's usually some kind of a um, evil inspiration that is trying to get us to cut a deal. Uh, so I'll start first with the I am not here. And in this aspect, uh, first I can go over a few scriptures in regards to Satan's voice, because I believe that Satan is a voice that comes upon you that tries to convince you that you're having bad thoughts or you're doing something sinful, or then he tries to condemn you for the sins. Like, oh, you thought of that, therefore you're not worthy. Um, he tries to do that, and, you know, better than just for me to say that's what I believe, obviously we should go to the Scriptures and and see what where it is in Scriptures, and it's all over Psalms. Uh, so you go Psalms 55, 1 through 5, and this Scripture says, 
Uh, listen to my prayer, O God, and hide not yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and answer me. I am restless and distraught in my complaint and must moan. At, uh, and I am distracted at the noise of the enemy. I like the way he describes this or in this particular uh, verse because he refers to it as noise. I like that because it's, it's a definitely negative con- connotation to it. It's like it's just noise. It's just, you know, I'm distracted by the noise of the enemy. Uh, because of the oppression and threats of the wicked, for they would cast trouble upon me, and in wrath that uh, they persecute me. So it's just it's, it's bringing to light who Satan is in your in everyone's life. He's someone who's just noise in your ear. He's trying to distract you from from peace, from comfort, and you know because of the oppressive oppression and threats. Of the wicked, he's trying to oppress you, he's trying to threaten you, he's trying to take away all of your power. Uh, for they would cast trouble upon me, and in wrath they persecute me. Again, you can tell yourself whenever you hear a voice in your head. I, uh, I know I do all the time. Whose voice is this? Is this me telling myself this? Is this God telling myself this? And that's usually the two options you give yourself. You go, okay, is that really God telling me I shouldn't be doing this? Was that really God telling me that I'm in the wrong way? Or, you know, is this really me trying to redirect my life or is this the word of God? Uh, but we all discount the fact that Satan is in there too. He's going to try to convince you too. And you take him out of the equation, you're, you're giving him his first, his first, uh, plan to, to get at us. And that is the I am not here. And if you point it out and you look at it and go, if, if you have a thought in your mind and it's anything other than peace, comfort, uh, empowerment, uh, or anything like that, then you can pretty much discount that it's not Jesus that's telling you about it. And then on top of that, it's not you because you have a new spirit in Jesus and Jesus gives you his mind and his spirit. So then if it's not Jesus and it's not you because you have the same thoughts as Jesus as, uh, as saved Christians, then you can guarantee that it's going to be Satan if it's something that's not one of, if it's not something of peace. So if it is Satan, then you can recognize it and point it out. And then what you do is you just, you cast them out. So, for furthermore, uh, you know, if you go to Psalms 55, 21, it goes on to say that, uh, uh, Psalms 55, 21, sorry. Uh, the words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Just, again, he is... I know a better way to describe smooth as butter. I mean, he, he will get into you without you even knowing. He will convince you that you are anything less than what God has planned for you. And then if you go to Psalm 64, 1 through 6, uh, <clears throat> and here it says, Hear my voice, O God, in, oh, I'm sorry, let me read the Amplified. Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Guard and preserve my life from the terror of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel and conspiracy of the ungodly, from the scheming of evildoers, who wet their tongues like a sword, who aim venomously words like arrows, who shoot from from ambush at the blameless man. Suddenly do they shoot at him without self-reproach or fear. They encourage themselves in an evil purpose. They talk of laying snares secretly. They say, who will discover us? This is a challenge to me. This really fired me up. I actually got really pretty upset. And like, who will challenge us? It's like, what? 
Like, who are you? You don't, who, who would challenge us? Who would challenge us? Us, us, not retard Satan. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, he just got really upset because he thinks that he has power and he has no power. Um, it says they think out acts of injustice and say, we, accomp- we have accomplished a well-devised thing for the inward thought of each, each one and his heart is deep. So I, you know, the arrogance of Satan to believe that, uh, he has any power over us whatsoever and he takes joy. The fact that he takes joy in it should give you reason enough to get into the Word of God and kick Satan in the face a few times. I mean, that's just ridiculous that he would even give, try to take our power away when he has no power. Uh, if you go to Psalms 58, 3 and 4, uh, let's see here. Here it says, The ungodly are perverse and estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, as they are born speaking lies. Their poison is like the venom of a serpent. They are like the deaf otter or asp that stops its ear. Uh, that would be just two different ways of saying snake. Uh, <clears throat> so again, here, you know, just lies. They're venomous snakes. It's poison to you. All these lies is just trying to tear you down. Uh, for an example of how God does this, I, I'm going to use an example with Gary and Mary. They actually told me this once. I use examples from other people. I, I don't know, it's odd situations always uh, come to mind when I, when God's talking to me anyway. Uh, and they brought up a time when you guys were on, you, I don't even know specifics, I'm going to have to you know, give my own version of it, but you guys were on a road trip somewhere, you were driving back probably from Portland, I imagine, and Satan tries to drive a wedge uh, between you and Mary. Mary wants to go visit like, I don't know, like the redwood trees or something like that. I don't know, she wanted to visit something, and she didn't say anything to you about it, and then you, so what Satan basically starts whispering in her ear without any words transpiring between you guys. He starts basically, and of course, I don't know if this is exactly what happened. This is kind of what happens between me and Noel all the time. But, you know, he goes, hey, you know, why isn't Gary driving over there? Why, you know, he knows you want to go there. Not nothing. And Gary's sitting there like, just trying to get home. And <laughs> can you believe this guy? Look at him. He's happy as can be. All he's thinking about is where you guys are going to go to eat next. You know? He doesn't care about you. You know what? Gary always does this. Have you ever noticed that? He never really cares where we go. You know, I think I don't think he even loves you. Do you ever think about that? I don't think he ever loved you. You know, come to think that, you know, there's lots of people out there that probably would love you, you know, better than Gary will. You know, I'm starting to think that maybe this is a bad idea. You know, he's just really dirtbag, this Gary. And, you know, I can't even believe you've been with him this long. And then, meanwhile, Satan starts playing the other card on, because by this point... Mary's like probably looking at Gary with like this scowl, like upset. You know, he probably feel the tension. I'm imagining. And, you know, this may not be how it goes. I'm making my own story up now. But uh, <laughs> and then Gary's sitting in the driver's seat, and you know, I'm sure Satan's talking to him. And it's like, hey, what's up with Mary? You look at her. Look how upset she looks. Was she mad at you? What did you do? You didn't do anything. She always gets mad at you like this. You ever realize that? What? Do you think she loves you? I mean, like really? Was she just dragging her along everywhere? This is ridiculous. You know, there's probably someone else out there that probably wouldn't look at you like this all the time that would just love you for who you are. And that's what he does. And then now, no words, zero words have transpired between Mary and Gary. They're just driving somewhere. And I'm telling you, this happens with me and Noel all the time. And next thing you know, like, like I don't know, you stop for gas 
and you open the door and you go to get and you drop something and one of them flips out. I can't believe why you dropped that ball. And it doesn't have anything to do with that. It's because Satan just sat there and just drove a wedge between you guys for, you know, 50 miles and then you guys are toast. And that's the type of thing that he would have you believe that that's your thought. And it's not. It's just Satan trying to convince you and trying to drive wedges between us. He does it with other people, you know, co-workers at work, same thing. He does it with everything. Uh, for example, uh, for, for me, the, the, the other thing that makes it worse, like a big red flag goes off and it makes it obvious to me, and this is how you can find Satan uh, real easily. And as soon as you find him, then you can join the, the battle. Otherwise, he's playing shadow games and you can't even see him. Kind of hard to hit someone in the face if you can't see where they are. Uh, but if you ever hear, like, questioning of your salvation, uh, starting to feel like um, you're telling yourself that you're not worthy, then you know a red flag goes up. And the, the red flag goes up for me because I've been in this church for a while now, and and uh, Wayne has always taught us that whenever we have uh, the sacrament, we do the, the, the bread and wine uh, body of Christ, he always says, are you guys ready? Do you guys think that you're worthy of, of taking this bread? Are you, are you going to try to make yourself ready for it, make yourself worthy? And he always says, you know, you're not. Are you kidding me? You're not worthy at all. I don't know. I mean, he says it every time. And then it's almost to the point where you go, oh, he's going to give us the same speech again. But it's, it's not. It's like it's, it's drilled into us so well that it's, it's, a, it's a weapon I use to find Satan now. It's, I can tell when he's coming. It's like, who did you say if I'm not? Of course I'm not worthy. Are you kidding me? Like, I know I'm not worthy. That's not what it's all about. It's all about Jesus and my salvation was given to me, and that's what he did for us. And then you start looking at it like, okay, look, there you are, Satan. I see you now. What else have you been lying to me about? It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, you're trying to tell me that uh, my job is all that I have, and my job is my sole pr- provision, and that anytime anything goes bad in my job, I need to be worried, and I need to be fa- scared, and I need to be worried that my family's going to lose a house or something like that. Oh, and then you're also lying to me about, you know, Noel doesn't like me for some reason. What was he? That's baloney, like, you know, it's, that's nothing. And then, uh, just everything, you know, your kids. Oh, look, your kid's sick. You know, what's that, what's gonna happen there? Oh, you, now, are you gonna be okay? Can you afford to go to the doctor? What kind of medicine are they gonna get? Is it gonna be too expensive? Oh, you're a dirtbag for even not wanting to get medicine. Are you kidding me? You don't love your kids? Oh, who are you? You're not saved of God. You don't even love your own children. That's how he works. That's exactly how he works. You gotta stop him right where he is and just tell him, look, I, I see you. You tell them straight out, Satan, I see you, and I cast you out in the name of Jesus Christ. And there's plenty of scriptures all over the place that tell you your worthiness of God. Uh, if you go, or for example, he says that, he tries to convince you that your sin, and if you have thought even, that that's of you. For example, if uh, if you have an addiction, uh, okay, um, I was a formal Coca-Cola classic addict. <clears throat> I've been sober for... Months. <laughs> I fall off the wagon every once in a while, but it's just a sip. No, just kidding. Uh, but anyway, like an addiction, he's try, he tries to convince you that that's you. You're an addict. You're, you're an addicted to something. And it could be something obviously more harsh, like, you know, uh, any kind of drug. I'd go at the harshest end of it, you know, like I'm addicted to cocaine, right? And Satan will convince you, you're addicted to cocaine. How can you be saved? You're addicted to cocaine. But you can't, it has nothing to do with anything. That's your flesh. Jesus gave you a new body, a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit. And even if that addiction comes back on you, that's still not you. That's just the sin in you. And actually, God's, uh, in, in the Word, it's, uh, what is it? Romans, Romans 7. 
it's actually kind of a funny scripture because it sounds kind of weird the way he says it. In Romans 7, he separates the sin from the man. It's described as... Uh, okay, I'm going to find it. Here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to read it in the King James first because it sounds so bizarre. Just, <clears throat> it's hard to wrap your head around it. At least it was for me. It says, Now if I do that I would not, it is no more that I do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So basically in the Amplified it refers, it says this, Now if I do what I do not desire to do, it is no longer I doing it, but the sin which dwells within me. Basically saying that if you desire to follow, follow the will of, of Christ Jesus, if that's what's in your heart, I think we can all agree that our goal or our desire of our deepest desires in our heart is for us to do everything that God wants. I don't think we would be here unless we wanted that. Uh, I would love to be able to walk, and, and every single step I took was the step that Jesus wanted me to take. Every word I said was the word that Jesus wanted me to say. And every food I ate was the food he wanted me to eat. And I'm healing people as I walk by. That would be, you know, be awesome. And, and that's what God wants for us, and that's what I'm, I want for myself. Well, that's who you are. You are that person. That is the new spirit that God gave you. That's who Jesus knows you to be, is your desires. And then Satan would come in and try to convince you that when you have a thought, like, oh, I, you know, again, I'm using like, cocaine or whatever, but you're like, oh, you know, but I'm addicted to cocaine, and, and you know, I'm gonna, I, I really want to do some cocaine. And then you do do it. That doesn't mean anything. It says right here that that is the sin within you that's wanting to do that. That still doesn't mean that you're not saved because something like that happens. Even if you do something tomorrow, the sins of tomorrow aren't even you either. It, it's totally separated. It says if you, you desire God and you desire the things of God, then anything else, if you're renewed in Christ Jesus, then anything else is, is not of you. And you can pass it off as sin. And you just tell Satan that. It's like, hey, that wasn't me. That's not my thought. You see someone, you have any kind of... Uh, uh, harsh words towards another person or you start think harshly about someone, you speak against it. Because you all, I mean, the, it becomes the more obvious stuff is, you know, I'm not worthy. Oh, I am worthy. You know, I cast you out in the name of Satan. But then, you know, when you say things like, you know, that guy was really rude to me. Like, you know what I mean? You start getting angry about it. Uh, that anger, you say, that anger is not for, from me. That's, that's the sin within me. And I'm renewed in Christ Jesus and I don't accept that. And I don't get condemned by it. Uh, and if you look in Ezekiel uh, 36:25, uh, it furthermore talks about the the new heart. In Ezekiel 36:25, it says, uh, "Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from your idols. Will I cleanse you? A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you." So basically just saying, you have a new heart, a new spirit. Uh, that's Anything else that comes out of you is not of you anymore. And like Romans explains, that's exactly what Jesus has intended for us. Uh, if you go to Romans 8, 1 and 2, it says, therefore, or, I'm sorry, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. So anytime Satan tries to bring something up, just bring that scripture up. He says, Satan, I'm free from the law of sin and death. It says so in the Bible. And last time I checked, this is, this is what it's all about. This is the truth. This is the life. So you just tell them straight out. And the beauty of it all is that 
he can't go anywhere with that because it says in James 4.7, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It doesn't say he might flee from you. There's a possibility. If you try real hard, and you know, you say exactly the right words in the right order, and then, you know, if you had Cheerios for breakfast, and the sun is approximately 12 o'clock noon, then maybe it'll happen. No, it says it will happen. It will happen no matter what. He will flee from you. There's no uh, stipulation whatsoever. And if you look, let's see here. Uh, all right, now I'm all over the place. <clears throat> uh, so God's call to us in this is that he says in First Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 8, this is a call to us uh, from what I'm describing here, which is be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And that's exactly what's going on. It's basically Jesus just telling you exactly what I just said, which is that be vigilant. Be aware. Let me read the Amplifices. Be well balanced, tempered, sober of mind. Be vigilant and cautious at all times. Be cautious at all times. Don't be scared, but be, ca- be aware of what's going on around you. Be aware that he's going to try to attack you, so when you see it, look for it. Don't just sit idly by and let him get into you, and, and that's it. And then next thing you know, you're upset. I was, I've been tormented for probably the last time I stood up here. The last time I stood up to do a sermon was probably the last time I was not in right standing with God, in right standing with myself. And then from that point on, God has been lying to me and trying to dig me into a hole. And he was doing a, a darn good job of it for a long time. And you think it's any, any kind of coincidence that after reading this book that my wife gave me, that, uh, that all of a sudden I'm standing up here again and I'm in M gets preached the word again. I think that's, needless to say, that's what happens when you get in right standing with God. You get that opportunity to do that again. And that's why I have to share this because I don't know what else you guys are supposed to do. Yeah, it's like uh, my wedding. Someone tell me a funny joke because I'm going to start crying. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Thank you. I told my buddy to say that at my wedding when Noel was walking down the aisle, and uh, he said, just go with it. It's fine. I'm like, hey, thanks, Sir Patty. Yeah. <laughs> Though I claim it was an allergic reaction to the candles, I asked specifically for unscented. Anyway, <clears throat> so be vigilant, and, and he'll take your power away from you, and he will try to convince you that you're anything less than, and then God can't work with you when you're in that position. I don't know what anyone here is supposed to be doing with their lives, but God has a plan, and there's a good chance that Satan is shortchanging you on what he has planned, and that you can be so much more and do so much more for God if you just be aware of who Satan is, and that's not your fault. 
it is not your fault. That is Satan's fault that he's doing that. You just need to be vigilant so you can see what he's doing to you. All right, so I'm going to try to move on now. Sorry. Uh, stage two, if, if intimidation. Satan, once you start calling out uh, Satan, casting him out in the name of Jesus, he's going to try to intimidate you. And, man, he tried to do that to me in the last couple of weeks. I don't think he wants me to come up here and tell you guys these things, tell you the truth. I, I think he put everything he could to get me, keep me from coming up here. Uh, so I, that's what I, I squared up with basically Satan. I said, hey, look, I recognize you. I see you. I cast you out in the name of Jesus. I think I must have said the word, you know, Jesus Christ's name, I think, more times in the last two weeks than I, I, I want to say in my life. I mean, I was, people probably thought I was crazy. I was mumbling to myself constantly. I mean, everything that came in my way, I would drop a pen and I'd get, no, in the name of Jesus, I cast, I cast that anger out in the name of Jesus, it's not of me. I do a flat repair on a tire at work. And I'm sitting there just preaching to myself and mumbling to myself. I'm like, what, are you okay? What's going on up here? Oh, nothing. I'm fine. I'm singing a song. You know? <laughs> and <clears throat> which, of course, I should just tell them what I'm doing. But I, of course, I'll get there. Uh, anyway, so, uh, so just constantly just casting uh, Satan out. And I was, it was Monday, and I, was, uh, tr- I had seven days before the sermon. I just come back from a funeral for my aunt. Um, and I was a little distracted uh, with that, so I hadn't had any preparation time just yet. And then Satan knew that I had seven days before this sermon, and then I had a lot of stuff going on at work. And he started trying to convince me that it was a bad idea. Uh, he goes, hey, man, you got inventory on Saturday, and you're going to be there till 2 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning. How are you going to preach a sermon on, like, three hours sleep? Really? You're going to do that? That's not really right to do that for God. I mean, it's not really going to be a very good sermon. And then he goes, hey, you have a... I took a Riverside uh, Police Department test on Tuesday. You, go, hey, you got a test on Tuesday. You got to study for that. That's your day off. That's like three, four hours. So you, even on your day off, you're busy. When are you going to study for the sermon? And then you know, I have inventory for the the department for my department. It takes like three, four hours to get rid of all my adjustments and stuff. You got three, four hours of extra work on top of the regular work you have. You're going to be spending like twelve hour days at work. Um, and then on top of this, I tell you this because I know for a fact that. Satan was whispering in the ear of my regional manager because I basically sent a note to my regional manager saying, hey, I'm really busy with inventory. i got a lot going on right now. I'm not going to be able to get my payroll planner to you. I sent him an email. And then what he does, he sends an email back says, I'll be there on Friday. And I'm like, so now i got my regional manager coming in on Friday. So not only do I have to get all my inventory prepped, now i got to clean my whole shop, scour it all out. Because, I mean, let's face it, no one's in regional manager condition most of the time. I definitely wasn't. In any case, so then, well, then the fear comes in. You know, uh, you're not prepared for you're not prepared for this. You know how dirty your shop is. Oh man, you're gonna get fired. You're not gonna have any money. You, your kids are gonna lose. I, he's like, no. In the name of Jesus, I cast out. I'm in my truck, driving home. You know, in the name of Jesus, I cast out that thought. In the name of Jesus, get out of my car. Get out of my heart. Get out of this truck. Get out of everything. Get out of. This, get off this freeway. Get out of this city. Get out of here. And he's telling me to get out. And then all of a sudden, it got quiet. And like I was like, I, there was like a calm and a relaxation. And I just automatically just became quiet and I was just driving and I was on the interchange from the 15 to the 91 making the turn and, and then all of a sudden I hear a, a voice uh, from, I, for all I can think of is from God because it sound, sounded good to me uh, and it was like you know uh, you want to you kick Satan in the teeth I said oh yeah I'd like that I'd like to kick Satan in the teeth <laughs> that sounds like a good idea and then he goes then get baptized he goes, get baptized. Show him who you are. Do a physical representation of who you are in Christ Jesus. 
And that will be not just for you, but for everyone else who may be watching. And on top of that, that's the last thing Satan wants to see. Bring it to his world, because he's the prince of this world. And you bring Jesus down to this world when you do something like that, because you're, you're acting it out with your flesh, with your body, the thing that he thinks he has control over. So then I get this goofy smile on my face on, on the way home. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go kick Satan in the teeth. It's going to be awesome. So, so I, I call Noel's dad, you know, and I'm like, hey, I need to get baptized. Whoa, what's going on? It's, uh, I need to get baptized now. And he's like, well, okay, well, uh, we, can we do this tomorrow? <laughs> so, you know, he invites us over to uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the, the, yeah, the Tuesday night Bible study. And which was very nice. Thank you guys so much for letting us come. And I was very nice for you to let me intrude uh, and get baptized. I was uh, anyway. Obviously, you know that it was very nice of you guys to do that. Uh, in any case, so then you know he says, "Why don't we just do it on Tuesday night?" I was sitting. He said, "Okay, great, awesome. Sounds per- sounds perfect." So then, what does uh, Satan try to do right after? He tries to tries to cut me a deal. He tries to do the cut me a deal, right? And he's like, I'm already okay. I'm starting to relax. I'm like, okay, everything's fine. Tim sends me a text message. Hey, you know, the art group meeting today, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, art meeting. And then Satan's like, hey, you're already getting baptized tomorrow. Really? You really got to go to an art group meeting too? That's too far. You know, you could cost a lot of gas to get down there. And Noel probably doesn't want to go. You know, you know, Shelly's doesn't want to go. You know, this is in my ear. And so you know, you know, what? we're gonna go. So we went. And then on top of that, we get to kick Satan in the teeth with some worship music with him uh, later that night. And it's just all inspiring throughout the whole thing. And just keep on in, uh, following him. And it's the act of, of baptism on Tuesday, um, to me, is, is the act of like a pers- perseverance or uh, pursuing Satan. Because Satan would have you, uh, even when you're fighting him, he would still try to get you to stop what you're doing. Uh, or not taken any further. And it's not about just keeping him from coming towards you. Then you gotta take ground back. So, he would have you say, like, oh, I don't receive that name of Jesus. I don't, I'm not this. I'm not, I don't have a spirit of fear. I don't have, I'm comforted in the name of Jesus Christ. But then you gotta take the sword. You can't just take the shield and the, uh, can't just take the shield and the armor of righteousness. You can't just take that. You gotta take your sword and you gotta start smacking him in the face. You beat him up. Whatever you got to do, because that's how you take your ground back. And that's how you spread the word of the Lord, is when you take that ground back. So you have to pursue them. And in Psalms 1837, uh, this is, uh, let's see here, sorry. Go backwards. I didn't, I didn't put a bookmark on this one. I have to find this one by hand. All right, <clears throat> 1837. Uh, it says, I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. This just shows that the perseverance you need. You, you pursue the enemy. It's not just you protect yourself against the enemy. It's not just you try to endure the enemy. It's you pursue him and you knock him out. And you get him out of there. You, you beat him up a little bit. I, I honestly feel like when I got baptized... You think Satan wanted to be there? No, I grabbed him by the ankle and I dragged him into that park and I threw him against the chair. So you sit right there and you watch what's going to happen right now. And then I get baptized and I go up there and I just want to spit in his face, throw his head on the ground, smash it. I mean, like, seriously, like, beat the living poop out of him. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's wrong. I think that's totally okay. And, uh, 
if you, for example, as far as aggression, because I get mad about this, and I think this is the kind of anger we can get away with. Uh, if you, you know, John 2, 13 through 16, uh, the turning of the, the money tables. Uh, let's see, John 2, 13 through 16. Here we go. Uh, and the Jews, uh, and the Jews Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. I'm going to read this in Amplified because it sounds better. And having made a lash, a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple, both the sheep and the oxen, spilling and scattering the broker's money and of setting and tossing around their trays. Then, uh, actually, that's that's the part I wanted to get to. So he's thrashing and, and he makes a, a lash, out of a whip out of cords, and he's, I'm picturing him, he's, he's smacking people around, like he's beating the, you know, getting these people out of here. Do you think Jesus was really like, ooh, hey guys, that's not the way it's supposed to be. You know what, can we not do this here? You know, let me teach you real quick. You know, this is bad because, you know, we don't want to do this. No, he came and he was on fire. He was, for lack of a better word, he was pissed off. He was like, dude, what's... Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. Throwing it over, kicking it, whipping people and getting people out of there. Like, he's mad. I mean, this is the kind of anger you get to have uh, when Satan's gotten control over something. And I don't think that's wrong. And if you go in, and I found this scripture I really liked. I, I think, not condoning tattoos, but this might end up on my arm someday. Uh, Psalms 58, it was this one. I'm going to find it for you here. 58. Yes, this is the one. <clears throat> 58, 6. And 8, for that matter. Or 6 through 8. Uh, but 6 is great. You, you can write this down. As, as uh, Wayne would say, write it down, highlight it, whatever you want to do. If you want to do anything, it says, Break their teeth, O God, in their mouths. Break out their fangs of the young lions. Break their teeth. You can't break someone's teeth without socking them in the face. You just break their teeth. Break Satan's teeth. And every time you say something like, I cast you out in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you have no control of me, you're punching him in the face. Picture it. Picture you socking him in the face and his teeth just shattering and he's just sitting on the ground. Just make sure you're picturing Satan. And, you know, <laughs> and, that's, and that's the power that Jesus gave us all. And it's discussing with uh, Tim and we're talking about, we're like, you know, I'm not sure how, how angry we can get about these things. I mean, you know, he uses the words hypocrite. I'm wondering if it's okay for us to use a little bit more harsh words nowadays. I don't think so, but uh, we definitely, you, you can definitely picture breaking teeth, because that's in here. So we can picture breaking the teeth of Satan. He says, let them melt away as water, which runs on a pace. When he aims his arrows, let them be as if they were headless or split apart. Here's another good part. Let them be as a snail dissolving slime as it passes or as a festering sore which wastes away like a woman who gives untimely birth that has not seen the sun. I like that. Let them be as a snail dissolving slime. It's just It's like, great. Like You can call them that when you want to, too. Just be like, hey, you snail dissolving slime. You know, whatever. I Use some current terms if you want, you know. I always talk about, you know, you may breaking teeth, but you can, like, get creative with, like, you know, picture yourself putting on some, like, brass knuckles of righteousness and socking them in the face or something, you know? Whatever. I, I, I think it's totally okay. I may be wrong.
Wayne can correct me next week if this is too aggressive. <coughs> so if you're not coming next week, we can let me know. I'll send you an email retraction letter. Uh, so Psalms 58, uh, 10 and 11. Let's see what I... I'm not even sure where I went here. Uh, the unyielding righteousness, uh, righteous shall rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He will bathe his feet in the blood of the wicked. Men will say, surely there is a reward for the uncompromisingly righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on, on the earth. I mean, really, who says, and bathe his feet in the blood of wickedness? That's pretty gory. I mean, I like that too. They'll probably all be on the arm. Maybe I'm going to back and spread it all around. Uh, anyway, so, you get the idea. You want to, don't let Satan take ground from you. And just keep pummeling into him and pursue him. Look for him. If anything, you're sitting down one day and you're not doing anything. Look for Satan. And don't invite him. Just look for him and beat the poop out of him. You know, just do it. Just because you're like, you know what, Satan? Come to think of it, this thing right now is not going well in my life. And now that I realize that, that's you, isn't it? And then sock him in the face. Just read some scriptures to him. That's the way you beat him up. You just read the scriptures. Get in the word of God. He, the last thing he wants you to do is be righteous and do any of God's work. He wants you to be condemned and make you think that you're not worthy or you have nothing that you can offer this world, which is all wrong. <clears throat> and for another example of, of uh, cutting a deal, I'm oh, making good time, right? That does say 11.15, right? Okay. I feel like I'm going to be done, so we're all going to have lunch early. <clears throat> uh for example, uh, this RPD test. I go to this Riverside Police Department test, and the sergeant in charge of uh, of the academy basically stands up in front of everyone and goes, there's 250 people here. I got 1,100 people applying for 14 jobs. So he's saying, I kept out the name of Satan. I'm totally worthy of this job. You know, because, of course, he goes, 1,100 people, 14 jobs. Really, you might as well just walk out the door right now. Uh, which I, of course, cast him out, socked him in the teeth, you know, <clears throat> and whatnot. So, uh he tells, you know, I can tell you right now, the 250 people here, I can probably eliminate 200 of you because you guys aren't in the right shape. You guys need to be getting in shape now. If you're not, haven't been getting in shape for the last year, you need to start now because your, your physical agility test will be in probably a couple weeks. And if you're not in shape to pass that, then pretty much there's no way you're going to get the job. It's pretty what he said. And, uh, so then of course I go, okay, well, I gotta get in shape then, I guess. So then I get on the treadmill at home and start running. And of course, you know, I'm running, I'm doing the best I can running or whatever, which is a lie from Satan too. Anyone who says I'm doing the best I can, that's like a lie from Satan. I'm doing everything I possibly can. That's even a lie to you. I'm doing it. <laughs> and I'm running, running, running. You know, I'm, I can't even, it's hard not to say it. I'm running and, uh, for about 22, 23 minutes, the whole time I'm running, Satan's trying to cut deals with me. Hey, you know, you're getting tired, man. Just run for 15 minutes. We'll do it better tomorrow. You know, and then next thing you know, I get off the treadmill, I got a blister on the back of my heel. And then what does he try to do? Hey, you got a blister on the back of your heel. You can't run tomorrow now. Ah, you should probably just rest. Hey, if you're going to rest, you know, why don't you just quit altogether? Because if you don't run today and tomorrow, you got this thing in two weeks. You know, it's not even going to make it. So then you start taking your ground back. You let him know that he tries to get you to quit entirely. So you take, all right, no, there's no way I'm quitting. I'm going to do this. Well, how about a couple of days? Take a couple of days off. No, take ground again. I'm not taking a couple of days off. I'm going to do this. And then he tries to get you while you're on the treadmill. Well, maybe just cut like five minutes off because you're getting pretty tired. And, you know, what's five minutes? No big deal. No, I'm doing 35 minutes on the treadmill. 
<clears throat> and so, and then the next day I had the blister on my foot, so I decided to run the treadmill bare, or not barefoot, with socks on. Uh, I ran on the treadmill with socks on because I had a big blister on the back of my heel. I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop running, so I'm going to run still. That was a really bad idea. Uh, <clears throat> so I run, I'm running on the treadmill, same thing now with socks on, and now I'm getting blisters. I kid you not, the pain on the bottom of my feet. Blisters on the bottom of my feet from my sock rubbing on my foot every time I push off and whatnot. So I'm getting blisters on the bottom. And I've been running probably for 20 minutes, and now my feet are, are sore. So I switch it to walk. And as I switch it to walk, I'm like, hey, walk is awesome. Walk is awesome. And now I'm limping. Now I got like this weird like limp. I'm like, okay, uh, not sure what to do here, Lord. You know, I'm, I'm limping here. Is, is this it? You know, and then, of course, Satan walking in, you know. And why don't you just stop all together? You know, let's face it. You're not going to make it. Blah, blah, blah. Take my ground. Take my ground. Take my ground. But then I take it a step further and say, no, you know what? I'm walking here. No, I'm going to run. I don't care if my foot hurts. I'm just going to run on top of it. So I hit the, this button. I'm like mad. I'm actually smiling. Like I was, I'm telling you, like I get mad at Satan. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to run. Boom. And I hit the button. And I start running, right? And I start running. And it actually doesn't hurt as bad as when I walk. And I'm, I'm running, 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 running. And then I, I kid you, I'm going to get you this. I kid you not, this song, it was entertaining to me, and I actually started laughing. I laugh a lot when I get to kick Satan in the face. And I hear uh, this song, which is it's, it's a secular song, and it's not necessarily a song that is uh, like a worship song, but I find ways to apply the Lord's um, uh, word in, any, in anything, usually, uh, song-wise. So anyway, so I'm running, and, and I get back on the treadmill, and I, I hit the number six, and I start running and pounding on it, and then immediately this song comes on. I don't know if you can hear that. This is that. And I hear this. And I start, I get a big smile on my face, and I run for like at least like five, six more minutes. And I'm just picturing stomping on Satan's head every step of the way. It's great. It doesn't really sound, it really sounds kind of gruesome and good, you know. But, so I got a smile on my face and I'm just picturing Satan's face stomping on him. But that's exactly what came on right when, when I, uh, hit the treadmill. And this is, I took it as a word from God, you know. That I, I was just beating him to a pulp. It was, it was great. Uh, in, in any case, so, I guess to, I'm not sure where I am anymore. <laughs> uh, I guess to, to wrap this up, you know, for the last two weeks, I have, I've gone through a lot since Noel's dad told me, you know, hey, would you do the sermon for me? It, it has been a constant battle to get to where, to here right now. I mean, uh, he, he would have me convinced that, you know, I, I, I lost my aunt in a couple weeks ago, went to a funeral, uh, you know, I ended up with inventory for the week, I had like five, six hours of paperwork I was behind on, then five, six hours more paperwork because my regional was coming by, uh, I had, uh, you know, the fact that he was coming was something that was totally unexpected, I was trying to get sleep on the day before the Riverside Police Department test. And I, you know, I told Noah that, you know, I really need to get some sleep. Uh, I need, I need to be, you know, prepared and ready for this. And, and if I'm tired, obviously it's not going to work. So we pray as a family together before we, uh, go to sleep. You know, Lord, let Matt get great sleep. Let the kids not have nightmares. Landon wants to dream about dragons. Lily wants to dream about, Lily Rose wants to dream about princesses. So we always ask for all those things. 
And, uh, you know, then we all go to sleep and we're like, oh, okay, great. So we go to sleep. And I kid you not, when Satan can't get to me, he gets to Noel. And he, he's got Noel tormented by these demonic nightmares for like hours. I don't even, you said a couple hours over the middle of the night. She's trying her best not to wake me up. She's sitting there trying to pray by herself to, to make sure it doesn't, you know, okay, Lord, it's not you. He's attacking her. And then finally I wake up and I'm like, what's going on? Like, why are you sitting up? What's going on? And then she, she tells me, like, I'm having these nightmares. Really. So then we pray against it and then she goes back to sleep. And, I mean, like, he'll use anything. And then, you know, I got blisters on my heels. Then all of a sudden I got blisters on the bottom of my feet. I'm trying to get in shape and that's not working. You know, I end up coming down with the flu on whatever, like, Thursday or something like that. And that was totally unexpected. My body aches. I'm congested. My head hurts. And, uh, you know, I at work, I have all these liability claims that come up all at the same time. I, I'm not joking. Three days in a row, I have people coming with complaints that a center cap went missing or something like that. Or, like, their car got damaged because we lifted it up wrong or something like that. And it, it happened three days in a row. And one of them was from September of 2010. What are the chances that this person from September of 2010 comes back on the week that I'm already busy with everything else? He comes in, like, I've already been at work for 12 hours, and I came in at, like, 5 a.m. It's, like, already 5 p.m., and I'm trying to just go home. I'm already half ready to go home, and then this lady walks in, and I end up with an hour having to get her, cut her a check, get her what she needs. Uh, she comes in last minute, just literally trying to take every single hour, minute that I have available to myself. Same thing happened two days later. They came in literally right when I was getting changed, uh, just trying to soak up more of my day. Uh, <clears throat> I was actually, acu- not accused directly, but my whole department, including me, was accused of, like, theft. How does that happen? I, I, this never happened to me before. Like, they're trying to say that we that something happened where we lost a pressure washer and as opposed to just assuming that it was lost, it was like we got interviewed by our loss prevention guy, which is kind of like the little Costco police. He was like, hey, you know, where were you at this time? Where were you at this time? When was the last time you saw it? What happened? This nothing. He's like, what, are you guys saying that we sold this thing or what? Our warehouse manager is furious. And it's just like, it, it was everything. My voice is like screwed up. I was at, a, I think it was Friday morning. No? Yes, Friday morning. I woke up and my voice is all screwed up and everything. And I, and again, I literally laughed. I was like, really? Like, you're gonna try to take my voice away? That's, that's stupid. That's really dumb. <laughs> like, I was actually happy that he was trying to take my voice away. It's like, oh, this is, this is, this is rich. This is real, <clears throat> real nice. Uh, and I, and that is the other thing I learned from this whole thing is, you go to 2 Corinthians, uh, 12.9, because this happened throughout this whole process. Like I told you, I get this goofy laugh and I get all excited about um, beating Satan up <clears throat> that I almost welcome the opportunity to, uh, which maybe I'm not, not be right. I have to study more on that. Uh, <clears throat> so 12, chapter 12, verse 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will... Or therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities than uh, that the power of Christ may rest upon me? I believe in gladly glory in my weakness and infirmities that the strength and power of Jesus Christ may rest in me. <clears throat> this, uh, when I would normally read this, I would go, "This can't be right." This is, I must be reading this wrong. Gladly, therefore, I would rather glory in my infirmities. 
Let me read that again. That doesn't sound right. Gladly, therefore, I w- will rather glory in my infirm. Who glories in their infirmities? That this is this has got to be a bad translation. I need a different one. Uh, you know, it, like it didn't make any sense, but it makes sense to me now. It's like the bliss is on the bottom of my feet and running on top of a man. That was fun. Like it was almost fun to do that. And you know, God or uh, Satan trying to take my voice away. Like. Really? Like, it was like, a, like this joy came across me when he tried to do that. I was like, it was, I can't even describe why it sets me on fire. It like gets me ex- excited about kicking him in the teeth. And I don't know. I, I just, I never understood that scripture until this week. Or it, scriptures like that, which I tell you that you're supposed to glory in, in your weakness and all this stuff. But, cause it makes you reliant on God when that happens. And when you rely on God, then you see his glory. And you get to see him work in your life. And you get to walk with him in these situations. And that's how you get to walk with God. <clears throat> and that's what's great about it. So I guess in closing, uh, if you if you do all these things and, and you know, you try to resist God, you get to have the, the privilege and honor of reading Psalms 18, 30 through 50, with a closed fist shaking at Satan. <clears throat> And you can say, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our Lord? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken on my arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy right hand hath holded holden me up, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them, neither did I turn again till they were consumed. I have wounded them that they were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet, for thou hast girded me with strength and strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against me. Thou hast also given me the necks of my enemy, that I might destroy them that hate me. They cried, but there uh, there was none to save them, even unto the Lord. He answered them not. Then did I beat them, small as the dust before the wind. I did cast them out into the dirt in the streets. Thou hast delivered me from the the strivings of the people, and thou hast made me the head of the heathen. A people whom I have not known shall serve me. As soon as they hear me, they shall obey me. The strength shall submit them, the strangers shall submit themselves unto me. The strangers shall fade away and be afraid out of out of their close places. The Lord liveth and bless me, my rock, or blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. It is God that avengeth me and subdueth the people under me. He delivereth me from mine enemies. Yea, thou liftest me up above those that rise against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. 
Great deliverance giveth he to his king, and showeth mercy to his atoned, to David and his seed forevermore. So that just says, I mean, thank you, Lord, for everything, for uh, you know, everything I went through this week. Obviously not from him, but super fun to go through it with him. And all I can say is that you just have to look out and be vigilant, be aware of Satan and what he's trying to do with you, and take joy in kicking Satan in the teeth. Take joy in, in what is it, dust? What, what are we talking about here? Uh, oh, it when he delivers the necks of his enemy, of your enemies to you. His necks. What are you going to do with his neck? You're going to wring it. He's giving you the neck. Squeeze it until his head pops. Whatever, you, I mean, and then, this, uh, where, where's the dust? Where's the dust? i got to find the dust in here. That was my other good one. Where is it? The image overtakes me. I can't find it now. Satan doesn't want me to find it because he's already getting beaten up pretty bad. <clears throat> but 